Well, we, we aim to offer clean beauty products to maintain and restore natural hair. Welcome to Baddies with Business. I'm your host, Maloran Hodge. Come with me on a journey as I create a space to chat with Black women about their aspirations, struggles, and learnings within business. Learn and grow as we talk about how being a baddie and business go hand in hand. So baddie, tell us about yourself. So my name is Shayna Buksha. Um, I'm from the Bronx, New York. I am a product junkie. So um, I'm a mom. I have a 10-year-old daughter. I am a college dropout. So my journey has been slightly more difficult than I, I guess it would have been if I had taken the straight course. Um, it's been a lot of hustling, a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. Outside entrepreneurship, I have a career in operations. And um, that's about it. I'm a homebody. I don't get out and do much, but I like to eat. What you like to eat, Shana? Um, everything. <laughs> everything. I, w- I will try most things once. I used to be a really picky eater, and then all of a sudden, about two years ago, I got really adventurous. Um, recently, I switched to a plant-based diet just as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things. Um, but I still give myself room to, you know, taste things here and there. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Um, Okay, so let's dig into your venture. Tell me a little bit more. Okay, so um, So Care Care was launched in March of this year, actually. It is, um, well, we we aim to offer clean beauty products to maintain and restore natural hair. Mm -hmm. So we offer healthy hair oil. That's our signature product at the moment. And it's made of 100% organic natural ingredients designed to stimulate, soothe, and moisturize the scalp and hair. What was the catalyst for you starting Silk Hair Care? Um, Honestly, I've been using the oil blend for years. So um, I have a condition called alopecia areata. Mm -hmm. It is a form of alopecia it's basically an autoimmune disorder, um, but your body attacks your hair follicles, especially during periods of extreme stress. So I would have patchy bald spots all throughout my head. And as a product junkie, I would go to the beauty supply store and I would buy everything there was for scalp stimulation, hair growth. And my hair hated so many products. Um I went through a lot of trial and error, and then I realized that my 10-year-old daughter also has the condition. So for her, I like to keep her hair routine simple, and um, I'm big on DIY and natural remedies. So I started experimenting at home, trying to find ways to restore the hair. Um, And so I came up with this oil blend that was formulated specifically for the regrowth and restoration of the bald spots. And... um, one of my biggest things was trying to find something that worked well with both of our hair types because her hair is a bit more kinky than mine. It's a lot thicker. Uh, Whereas I have fine hair. So certain products will weigh my hair down, make it really greasy and limp. So I had to find something that would work for both of us and the whole family started using it. So um, maybe around January, I realized this could probably help people. So 
I think it was July of last year, I had a big bald spot right in the middle of my head where a middle part would be. So I started using oil consistently, more consistently than I usually used it. And it brought the bald spot back within two months. Wow. This could really actually help people. So I posted on my personal Instagram and I asked people, um, you know, if they would be interested. And I showed them my before and after pictures, shared a little bit about my journey. And I got an overwhelming response from people. So many people that I had never even guessed had issues with their hair, sent me all these DMs and text messages and yeah, we'll buy it, whatever it is, like show us how to do it. Um, And so I was really overwhelmed by how many people were supportive of it and how many people could actually identify with what I was going through. Because sometimes it's really embarrassing to admit that you have bald spots. And I think as Black women, our hair defines us in so many ways. So you know, for, it was it was vulnerable. It was a vulnerable moment for me to share that. And then I realized that I could actually help so many people. And that's kind of what started it. I just jumped right in and put everything together within a couple of months. That's amazing. So what I'm hearing is that you had a need many years ago and it started with you. And I think that's powerful because like you did the trial and error you know, DIY, trying to figure it out. And then you tried it on your daughter and then it's like, okay, let me just put it out to the world. So I think that's really powerful that one, you, you tried it on yourself, but then also you just put it out to the world because more often than not, sometimes people put things out to the world and they haven't necessarily tried it. So I think that's really powerful that you got to that vulnerable moment and shared, and then you just had this overwhelming um, response from folks. So that's really amazing. Yeah, I was was actually really shocked to see how many people related. Um, It's just something that people don't necessarily talk about. Um, You know, you might get braids and it'll pull your edges right out and you don't want to tell anybody that, you know. So, you know, you just try to do what you can to bring them back. And in some cases, you know, um, there's there's shame associated with it. So I thought it was it was really great that people responded the way they did. And, you know, entrepreneurship was not something that was necessarily on my plate at that time. It wasn't something that I really thought, you know, this is what I need to do. Um, But it ended up working in my favor and it's helping a lot of people. Yeah. What have been some learnings that you've had along the journey from that first time that you shared it on your personal page all the way up until um, you decide to launch in this moment? Um. I think that one of my biggest learnings or or takeaways from this entire process, honestly, was just um, learning to relinquish control. So um, I had this idea in my head and I didn't exactly know how I was going to execute it. And I think that I'm an admitted control freak. And so this year and this process has kind of shown me that control is an illusion you know, things will go horribly wrong, but it's really how you recover and the end product that people see. That's really what matters. Uh, to to be clear, everybody's going through something at some point. Yeah. Cares about your sad story. Nobody cares about what's going wrong behind the scenes. They just, they want the end result. And so that's been a big takeaway for me also. Um, I think as Black women, we're hyper aware of that unspoken requirement to work 10 times as hard and to be 10 times better than everyone else to get, you know, the basics. And so that was something that weighed heavily on me during the process because I wanted to make sure that, you know, it didn't look like something that I created at home. 
um, even though that's what I'm doing. Essentially, I work out of my kitchen. It's a sterile environment once I get to working. But um, just knowing the level of, I don't want to say the level of, but knowing that I was a perfectionist and knowing that my name would be attached to something, um, that was a big source of stress for me because if it didn't go right or if it was, you know, a failure out of the gate, that was that was going to weigh on me heavily. So um, during the process, I learned to relinquish a lot of control and just kind of flow with things. That was one of my biggest takeaways, honestly. Yeah, I love that because it's not only thinking about relinquishing control about what happens when you put it into the world, but it's also like relinquishing control within yourself of like, it may not be perfect, but I'm going to put it out into the world and see what the response is and continue to like change and iterate on the back end. So because everybody's not going to like what you have to offer. It's not going to work for everybody. And I'm confident in this because I know it's worked for myself and it's worked for, you know, the people in my family, we all have different hair types, but putting it out into the world for consumption and, you know, it possibly causing a problem with somebody, you know, um, that was something that I was really afraid of. But, um, honestly, I think that fear goes away once you put it out into the world. It's like, you know, either you like it or you don't. Yeah. Either it works or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get okay with knowing that you have a set target of like clients and customers and yeah. loyal fan base that are always theirs. And that's the biggest thing is like being okay with that because sometimes people want to like please everyone, but it's not for everyone. Like you, you have can. a niche and it's yeah. okay. Yeah, it's the people that are for you and the people that need or want your product and service, they'll find you. You know, it's... I think in this age of social media, there's just, it appears that everybody's doing everything and there's no space for everyone else to get in. And that's something that we really shouldn't give too much weight to because, you know, everybody's not bringing what you're bringing to the table. And you may not have the platform, you may not have the visibility, you may not have the budget, but it's really important to know that what's for you is for you. And the people that that need to find you will, you just have to be consistent. Right. I love that consistency. What have been some challenges that you've been able to turn into opportunities throughout this journey? Um, Funny story. Um, (laughs) I ordered custom boxes from a, um, from, I guess, some company that's in another country. I had no idea that the company was in another country. So I ordered custom boxes and I got the wrong thing in the mail by the time it came through. And this is very close to my launch date. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. But it turns out that I was able to order the correct item from another company. And I thought I couldn't use the hundreds of boxes that I bought that were basically useless. It turns out that they fit four of the smaller boxes perfectly. So if someone orders a large order, they can end up with, a larger custom box. Um, everything works out. That, that That's honestly, everything that went wrong during this process, it all worked out for the best. Um, as far as challenges go, um, there's financial challenges. There's, you know, losses that I've taken. Um, and it all comes out of my pocket because I'm the one that's funding this venture. I'm the one that's, you know, maintaining the cost of, continuing. So um, those are definitely challenges. As far as um, 
social media goes, that's something that I'm still learning to navigate because um, I didn't necessarily want to be the face of my brand or mm-hmm. <laughs> my products, but then Corona happened. And so I essentially had to be in front of the camera more than I wanted to be. Yeah. Didn't safely have photo shoots and bring in models and all of those other things. So I really just had to work with what I had. That's one of the biggest challenges over the last couple months is um, trying to generate content that I think is useful and also um, not just posting content for the sake of posting content. I, I feel like social media gives us all this illusion of authenticity and yeah. vulnerability and everyone seems to be sharing so many intimate portions of their life and their behind the scenes process. So trying to find my middle ground and what feels right for me there has been a challenge, but it's something that I work on daily. Yeah. I love the box example because you could have easily just like, you know, cry in a corner. And, <laughs> and I wanted to. <laughs> and if you did, it's okay. But also it's just like you found this opportunity to be able to utilize those boxes that you had already spent money on. And so I think there that's the power and the learning there around this challenge, like taking it as an opportunity and finding that like light in the midst of it, even though it may be hard, but trying to figure out what can I do with this? Um, you have to, if yeah. you're going into any sort of entrepreneurship or, you know, venture for yourself, you have to be able to roll with the punches. If you're somebody that is sidelined easily by things that go wrong or, you know, just delays in general, it may not be the line of work for you because there are some days where I have absolutely zero idea of what I'm going to do. And I want to cry, but I don't have the luxury of doing so because I have to figure it out. This is something that I committed to. This is something I started and I'm going to see it through. So um, that's really important to just try to make the best of what you have. Yeah. What are some words of advice that you would give to your younger baddie self? So think about yourself like three years ago and like imagining you knew everything that you know today, then like, what are some words of advice that you would give yourself? Man, um, not related to entrepreneurship. I would have worked more on loving myself because I've, mm. everything starts there. Um, literally everything. I feel like if I was not in the point that I was when I started this, um, if I had been where I was three years ago, where I was just really just not a confident person, just trying to figure out my way and just feeling really stuck and just knowing that I had to keep moving forward with no real direction, I would not have been able to do this. I wouldn't have been able to reach anyone. I wouldn't have been able to help anybody. So I think really um, loving yourself is where it starts because you need to love yourself. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. You have to be your biggest fan. You have to be able to push yourself and that discipline is only going to come from you and knowing what you deserve, what you want, your clear goals, and, you know, just knowing that you deserve all of the things that you envision for yourself, the things that you want. Um, I would, that would be my biggest thing that I told myself. If I had five minutes just to speak to myself three years ago, I would tell myself to love myself more. Yeah. I really love that. And I do think that speaks to entrepreneurship. It, it's connected. It's connected it in a way. Yeah, I love that. Where do you aspire 
for silk hair care to be in the next two to three years? And how can the community of baddies help you get there from the time that they hit play on this episode? Uh, in two to three years, I hope to have a, um, an expanded line. I hope to offer more products. Um, it's been a slow process as far as product development, because as I said, I just jumped out the window with the product that I knew really worked. Yeah. But in a way, it's helped because I can build trust with my customer base and, you know, they'll know that this product works. So we'd be willing to, you know, try other products that she's offering. Um, I would like to be on shelves, even if that means it's just a local, you know, mom and pop beauty supply store. I'd like to see my product on shelves. Um, I don't know what the future is for Silk Hair Care and how how grand and large I want to take it. Mm -hmm. That's that's one of my goals is to see my product in a store. Um, how the community can help me try my product and see how it works for you. Honestly, just give me one try. And, you know, if it does work for you and if you do like it, word of mouth is so much more powerful than we give it credit for. Because if you have a good experience or a bad experience, either way, you're inclined to tell somebody so that they can either have the same experience or avoid that experience. So yeah, just give me a try uh, and get the word out. That would be really, really helpful. Awesome. So we're going to do that. And where can we find you on social media to get the word out? Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Silk Hair Care. That's with two S's, S-S-I-L-K-H-A-I-R-C-A-R-E. And uh, my DMs are always open. So if you guys have any questions and you just want to have a conversation about hair, hair is one of my biggest passions. I love to talk about it all day. So we can talk. Awesome. And um, I want to close with a closing baddie tweet. So if there's like a golden nugget or something you want to leave us with, you can share that now. A golden nugget. Oh, I like the way that sounds. Um, hmm. I would say uh, building on what I what I spoke on earlier. Um, don't be discouraged by larger companies or people with larger platforms that are doing similar things that you want to do, or even the same thing. Find your edge and go for it. Uh, do as much research as you can, but don't wait. Start where you are, start with what you have and make the most of it. You can always improve along the way and your customer base and the people that support you will notice those improvements and they go a long way. So just jump out the window and do it. The worst that can happen is that you're going to fail and then you can start something new. Baddies, friends, thank you for joining another episode of Baddies with Business. For more details about today's feature baddie, check out the episode description box. I have included her um, social media accounts and also ways that you can stay up to date on all things baddies with business. If you're a baddie with a business or aspiring business and want to chat, I want to hear from you. You can contact me at baddieswithbusiness at gmail.com. If you want to support Baddies with Business and join the growing community of friends, consider joining the Baddies with Business Patreon community. The link for that is also in the description box. In closing, here's a word from the Lord, Audrey Lord. When we speak, we are afraid our words will not be heard 
nor welcomed. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak. Be bad. Be bold. Be a baddie.